This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to episode 41 of Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission, recorded on January 28, 2021. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. And I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. We are your hosts for Downtown Lowdown. We'll be giving you the lowdown on what's new in business, resources, and issues that affect downtown. We also talk to key individuals that help make downtown Halifax better. On BizBuzz, we have some business updates and milestones, some updates on what is open in downtown Halifax, Dine Around, and the Lights and Peace and Friendship Park. And we will talk about Valentine's Day and March break in downtown Halifax and the new Open Online Digital Grant. But first, we will be chatting with Luke Urjevic, Vice President, Atlantic Canada with Restaurants Canada. Elena and Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission, will talk to Luke about how the food service industry is faring during the pandemic and how he sees the industry recovering from this unprecedented situation. Originally founded as the Canadian Restaurant Association in 1944, Restaurants Canada represents over 30,000 members across the country and serves as the voice of Canada's vibrant food service industry. Their mission is to help the food service industry grow and prosper. Before the COVID-19 pandemic, the Canadian food service industry was thriving. The industry employed over 1.2 million people and served 22 million people daily. And then, in the blink of an eye, the entire food service industry was thrown into turmoil. The pandemic and subsequent lockdowns have created a bleak outlook for the industry with restaurant closures, lower sales, and unemployment. Luke Urjevic is the Vice President, Atlantic Canada of Restaurants Canada. We will talk to Luke about how the food service industry is faring during the pandemic and how he sees the industry recovering from this unprecedented situation. We also have Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission, here with us, and he will be joining in on the conversation. Thank you for joining us today, Luke. It's my pleasure. Let's start with Restaurants Canada. Can you tell us a bit more about the organization? Yeah, we've been around since 1944. We're a nonprofit organization representing the owners and operators of uh, Canada's restaurants, bars, hotels, mm-hmm. pubs, caterers, the full gamut. As I said, we're a nonprofit, and you know we're in the business to try to uh, um, you know make, make our members successful th- right. through tangible value, through research, through uh, group buying programs. It's, it's the full gamut, but mm-hmm. primarily we're focused on providing tangible value advocacy and research. How have Restaurant Canada's priorities and programs changed since the pandemic? Well, I guess in some ways our our priorities haven't changed. Mm -hmm. It's always a member-focused organization. I guess uh, since the pandemic hit, it's all COVID all the time. And uh, so it's really been about, you know, number one in the first place was surviving. Mm -hmm. And now we're starting to turn our heads in terms of recovery and, and revival. Uh, but you know the, the basic principles of trying, you know, to 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 uh, you know, make life better for your for your members has not receded. Right. And in fact, you know, I, I would look at some uh, you know some files in terms of that we've been advocating for years. Uh, the pandemic really you know allowed us to do them and brought them to the forefront. So it's uh, you know our, our focus hasn't shifted. It just seems to be all all COVID all the time. Right. Yeah. 
And there's an example of that, uh, you know, I know last spring there was this move uh, allowing restaurants to actually deliver liquor uh, with orders, which, uh, you know, seemed like it was never on the table uh, before, certainly here in Nova Scotia, which is very restrictive uh, liquor laws. And then suddenly that seemed to change overnight uh, due to the pandemic. Is that an example of something where the government suddenly took an idea that was a terrib- they thought was a terrible idea and, and was able to move quickly on it? And, and was that helpful to members? Well, it's actually, it's, it's interesting. It's a file I've been bringing forward to government for about five years. Yeah. But they just, as you said, they didn't want to hear about it. And uh, as soon as it, uh, this happened, it was an idea that mm-hmm. said, oh, this could work, and, and they made it happen. Uh, has it been useful to members? You know, it's, it's not a silver bullet or a ma- magic bullet, but it's just, you know, one more uh, uh, incremental stream of income. If you can make a few hundred dollars more in a, in a night right. or a, a weekend, it, you know, every little bit helps at this point. We actually uh, surveyed our members, uh, and, and uh, you know, over half said it's had a very positive impact on their business. Mm-hmm. So that's good news. You know, there's still some problems with the Nova Scotia model that's different to other jurisdictions. Like in Nova Scotia, we're not allowed third-party delivery services to deliver alcohol, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. Or you can't sell spirits, you know, with takeout and delivery. What is the difference between a wine cooler and a vodka cooler. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's the alcohol right. content is the same. So those are just some ric- ridiculous things that we've been trying to get settled out, and it's, you know, I think we're going to need a, a change in political leadership to make those things happen. So pre-pandemic, the food service industry in Canada was thriving. Can you share with us how the industry has been impacted by the pandemic? Wow. It's, uh, you know, it, it's really devastated the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, closures, forced closures in, in, um, in March and April, May, in a lot of jurisdictions, you, know, you operators saw their sales plunge. In some cases, you know, 80, 90, 100 um, percent. You know, at the same time, we're very proud of the role we played in uh, during this whole period. You know, mm-hmm. be, during lockdown or not lockdown, in providing a, um, an essential service. You know, we were there for truckers, for healthcare workers, right. for people under quarantine, and and even when we were locked down, we had an important role to play. Uh, in terms of overall where we are now, you know, it, it you know. It got a little bit better through the summer. Uh, we had some some the lockdown again in the end of this fall. Overall, as the industry in, in Nova Scotia this year, we're going to see that the impact will probably be down somewhere in the range of 25%. Okay. Um, but the impact is different on different sectors. If you're a quick services industry, which would be you know, the counter service, mm-hmm. fast food, I think most people right. would say, we're probably going to see uh, you know a 10 to 15% decline. If you're in a full-service business, which would be more, you know, the table service type of restaurant, we're looking somewhere in the range of a 35% decline. Wow. If you're in the uh, in the drinking established business, you're looking at probably a 70 or 80% decline, or in the catering business. So, you know, each sector is impacted differently, but overall, you know, we are the hardest hit sector, you know, in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, while some sectors, such as retail and construction and other industries, have bounced back and, and recovered. Right. Uh, we haven't. Uh, our sales are nowhere near normal. And in Nova Scotia, as of December, we're down 12,000 jobs in our industry. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. we're not even close to recovering, which just speaks to the need for governments to continue to support us and help us you know, you know, survive mm-hmm. in the long term. So Atlanta, Canada has fared better during the pandemic than some other places in Canada, like Quebec and Ontario, where they're facing tougher lockdown and curfew restrictions. How is the industry coping in those provinces versus Atlantic Canada? Is, there, is the pandemic affecting the areas differently? Oh, you know, provinces like uh, Ontario and mm-hmm. Quebec are you know, completely devastated. Mm-hmm. You look at a province like Ontario, you know, say uh, GTA, um, you know, they didn't even really open 
you know, right. their dining room still close to July, and in some cases been closed since October and still mm-hmm. closed. So they're really in, in, in big trouble. And, and, you know, I think what we see in, in some of the big centers like Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, you know, compared to Halifax, you know, their rents would be... Right, that's you know, true. Scaled yeah. would be, you know, thousands upon, you know, a $50,000 right. rent wouldn't be abnormal in Toronto. Well, you know, a $50,000 wow. rent in Halifax or a restaurant, there only, you know, there wouldn't be very many of those. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, I think in, in, you know, Quebec and Ontario have been the hardest hit. Uh, I think we're blessed in Nova Scotia and, and Atlantic Canada for the foresight of government. I think mm-hmm. the Atlantic bubble and, and closing our borders uh, was was you know, was very strategic, and uh, you know, I think it's it's cushioning us from from the worst impacts. And we've had sure we're we're hurting. Um, you know, our sales have declined. Uh, we're operating under restrictions. We're operating. You know, our capacity with social distancing is somewhere in a range of fifty percent. We mm-hmm. have to close at ten o'clock, but we're open. Right. And uh, you know, we're not making money, but we're open. We at least have a, a few dollars coming in through the door. Well, as I said, in, in Quebec, Ontario, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, many places, we are absolutely closed. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I feel for the businesses. I feel for the operators have put, you know, their lives work, their life saving into their business, have had to lay off staff that they've mm-hmm. had with them for years. You know, I, the stories of here are tragic. And, and uh, you know, but, you know, I will say, uh, you know, we are resilient, we're innovative, we're, we're you know, and entrepreneurial. So, uh, you know, there, there's always going to be someone opening a restaurant and right. willing to come back and take the risk. And, mm-hmm. and I think in Nova Scotia, we're probably better positioned than, than most jurisdictions to, um, to uh, take advantage of that and, and thrive in the longer term. So we kind of talked about this a bit, but the federal and provincial governments have been rolling out emergency economic relief programs for businesses since the beginning of the pandemic. In your opinion, which have been the most effective for local food service businesses? And Paul, you can jump in on this one too. Well, you know, I, you know, I, I think it's not a secret without the wage subsidy, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be a restaurant open. Right. <laughs> you know, that's just the reality. Uh, same with the, the rent program. The rent program had a lot of stop, stops and starts. Uh, but it's what we, we like what's there now. Uh, we wish the formulas would be a little richer, particularly mm-hmm. in terms of, of the wage subsidy. It's, uh, you know, because it's scaled now, it's, it's, they've reduced the, the benefit. Right. But without those two programs, there wouldn't be an industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're appreciative of those. We've worked hard on those with governments. Uh, you know, we wish that they would extend those two programs beyond June because, you know, our recovery is going to be much longer than June. And I think the feds may have a, an open door to, to, to looking at that. Actually, mm-hmm. just today, the, uh, we are, we've launched a, a, a federal um, um, restaurant recovery task force, which is, you know, minister, small business ministering, uh, representatives from finance, uh, labor, you know, different departments among the federal government and industry leaders to, to you know, to meet regularly to, mm-hmm. to make sure we continue to have federal programs that assist us. At the provincial level, um, you know, you know, it's small and big things. You know, something like the uh, delivery alcohol. Mm-hmm. That's great news. Uh, the the five thousand dollar grants. You know, uh, while they're not big enough for some operators, mm-hmm. every little bit helps, and, and we're appreciative. Uh, so you know, anything from not having us to pay a license fee. Uh, you know, everything. Every little bit helps. It's not a magic bullet. We understand the provinces are under uh, uh, some you know some fiscal constraints, but we're going to continue to need more and more support. It's interesting, and, and even just thinking about the 
the time frame, I think, I think that's the frustration we sometimes hear from, from lots of businesses is, you know, the programs are very important. So you mentioned the wage subsidy, the rent program, you know, are, are, have been absolutely essential. Um, I think if we look at what the province is saying about vaccinations and kind of getting back to some sort of semblance of being normal, uh, that seems to be centering around a September date, right? That, that kind of post-September, you know, we'll have herd immunity, 75% of the population will be vaccinated. So, you know, if you're a, if you're a tourism restaurant, you know, particularly in downtown Halifax, you're looking at another season, really a to- full tourist season where there's not going to be a lot of tourism business. Um, so I think that increasingly the conversation seems to be around, you know, what is it that the that the governments can do in terms of really kind of guaranteeing the continuation of these programs at least until September, right? September kind of being that time when maybe we start getting back to normal. So that's certainly some of the conversations we've had with, with businesses. Is that it, there's, a, there's a great level of, of uncertainty. And, of course, if you're a business owner, you want to figure out, okay, how long do I – how long do I have to kind of hang on with what I'm doing now versus getting back to back to actually profitability? You know, it's uh, you know September kind of seems to be that magic date, but I don't know if that's what what you've been hearing as well from uh, from your members. Well, I you know I, you know what I what we're hearing and and we we sur- we just surveyed surveyed our members and you know uh, they're struggling. Sixty five percent of them are losing money. Twenty mm-hmm. percent are breaking even, and so it's going to be a long recovery. Um, you're accumulating debt. Most are telling us it's going to be, a, you know, a vast majority say it's going to be over 18 months before they hope to be in the red. When we do our, our econometric um, uh, modeling, which, uh, you know, we do with the Bank of Canada and Statistics Canada, we're showing, you know, our industry is not going to reach 2019 levels until 2023. So that just, you know, it just speaks to the need for, as Paul said, for ongoing support. You know, we're going to have accumulated a lot of debt. Um, what you traditionally see with the restaurant industry is, that, you know, there's always a little bit of a lag mm-hmm. uh, in terms of recovery, uh, how we recover. You know, the economy recovers and, and we tend to lag. And then, you know, you, know, you know, look at the consumer themselves. While there might be a little bit of pent-up demand, um, I think that, you know, then we may have a rush when everything opens up. But I think over the, when you look at the macro level, uh, you know, people will have accumulated debt. You know, they may not have their jobs. And we're disposable income, and, and it's going to take a while. And, and I think, uh, you know, it's not showing up in our modeling yet, but I, I think it's something we have to think about in the land of Canada in particular is, you know, a large segment of our market is tourism-related, right. and we've lost access. How long before we get an airplane back to Sydney or to Fredericton right. or St. John or Moncton and, and, you know, the 70 flights a day we get in Halifax? How long before we get those back? So if we can't get the people, you know, it's going to take longer for recovery. So that's why I, th- I think government has a role to, to you know, uh, we didn't choose to shut down. You know, it's, it was a government-imposed lockdown or mm-hmm. shutdown or restrictions uh, for the public good. And uh, I think there's a bit of an obligation of, of governments to continue to work with us on, you know, different solutions, and it, it changes daily, weekly, monthly, and, and not to say they haven't. I think the Nova Scotia government has been, as Paul, I'm sure you can attest to, they, yeah. they, they've been very open, um, and the federal government has been very open, and the city's been very open, and we just have to continue to work with them, provide them with the information so they can make the best decisions to, to ensure that, you know, we're the number three employer in Nova Scotia in the private sector. And we're so important to every community. It doesn't matter if it's Halifax or Digby or, or Sydney or St. Peter's. And, uh, you know, we're the person that's, you know, probably employing your neighbor, supporting your, you know, your, your daughter's hockey team or, you know, providing them, the, you know, a gift card for the fundraiser for the right. local hospital. 
And so we are just the essence of community, and we're going to have vibrant communities in Nova Scotia. You're going to need a, a hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, we're working out and rolling our sleeves as Paul and many other organizations to ensure we get through to the other side. Are there any specific programs and subsidies that you would like to see implemented to help the food service businesses? How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I guess you can speak at so many levels. Uh, you know, I, I guess since we're here in Halifax, you know, I, I think let's let's uh, talk about the elephant in the room in Halifax. Is mm-hmm. you know, to me, it is unconscionable that council could be considering a tax hike in this province mm-hmm. uh, for businesses uh, in in Halifax. You know, we're barely surviving. We've been closed for part of the yeah. year, and they want to charge us more business taxes? Like, that's ridiculous. So, you know, we've made sacrifices. We've laid off people. We've taken cuts in pay. You know, a city has to do the same thing. You know, they have mm-hmm. to only do what's absolutely essential. They're going to have to make some sacrifices. So, you know, on the local level, I think that's that should be job one, no tax increase. Mm-hmm. At provincial level, I, I think there are lots of things that can be done um, that won't cost the government a lot of money. A simple thing is, like, you know, Paul, you were just talking about third-party delivery fees. We think they should put a cap on fees. Mm-hmm. You know, someone like Skip the Dishes or DoorDash, they're charging a small business 25 or 30% uh, wow. uh, you know, to, to deliver food on top of what they're charging the customer. So to put that in a perspective... Uh, when we're running normal, a normal profit on a $10 meal for us will be $0.48. Cents. The delivery guy wants to take 3 bucks, So the math doesn't work. Wow. So we'd like to see them follow the lead of Ontario, B.C., put a 15% cap. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fair for everyone. I think another thing that would be very simple for government to do would be to ex- extend our wholesale pricing discount on alcohol. Uh, we get a, a, a 10, small 10% discount on spirits and wine, you know, the liquor corporation has been making a killing over COVID yeah. while we're struggling. And, you know, our sales have declined. So as long as there are restrictions in place, you know, make it a 25% discount mm-hmm. and include beer. You know, most of the money gov- you know, from alcohol is tax. So government would still make a lot of money on the, on the booze they sell. But, you know, they would not make quite make quite as much, but the restaurant would make a little bit more, which then they could hire someone else and they could reinvest in their business and maybe then they could pay their taxes. So, you know, it's something like that's quite simple. Um, you know, I, you know the, the grant programs have been great. You know, I, I think there's things, simple things around licensing. gives a holiday in 2021 mm-hmm. for the cost of our liquor license and our food safety permit. You know, as we talked about, every little bit helps. And at the federal level, you know, I think um, they just have to extend the wage subsidy and a rent subsidy, you know, for those who need it mm-hmm. beyond, uh, beyond June 2021. And, you know, those are some of our priorities. And I, I don't know, Paul, if you have any priorities yourself, that's, that's the start of my list. <laughs> well, they all sound good. And there's, obviously, there's a lot of overlap. Um, I think one of the concerns we've heard expressed is, uh, you know, is that the government – you know, the government programs, you know, because they're trying to roll them out so quickly, they kind of take a blanket approach as opposed to kind of that, that scalpel approach. So, you know, the needs of, of retail is, is different than restaurant, is different than offices. So, you know, I think our, our ask would be to, you know, now 
uh, there's been some time to try some programs. Some have worked great. Some haven't worked that well. You know, I think the rent program is a great example where government tried something and didn't work so well. And they made changes uh, based yeah. on some of the feedback that groups like yourselves and ourselves gave. So that's been great. I think there needs to be more of that kind of scalpel approach um, to, to make sure that, you know, the needs of hotels are different than the needs of restaurants or retailers. So I think it has to be recognized more in the, in the programs as, as we move forward. And even the need of a, you know, a quick service restaurant is a need is different than the need of mm-hmm. a full service right. restaurant. So I, I think as you exactly as you said, and, and like retail, the need of a small boutique is different than a big box store, you know, out in the burbs. So I, I, I think it's some, you know, and that's why they have to continue to work with groups like ours, you know, groups like yours, mm-hmm. you know, and other other business organizations with which they've done. And you know, I, I, you know, I have to give hands off to governments at all levels. It really has been a, an open door. They are empathetic to small businesses, and uh, we just we're committed to work with them and and see this through to the other side. Any silver linings that have come from the pandemic for restaurants? Yeah, I, well, I don't, silver linings. I, I think more of you know, have we seen changes that will be there forever, or, mm-hmm. or, or restaurants pivot to do different things? Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, you you know, you see innovation happening. Uh, you know, I think people have discovered new markets that weren't there before in right. restaurants. You know, this whole takeout and delivery, this yeah. is here to stay. Yeah. This curbside, mm-hmm. it's curbside here to up. stay. Mm-hmm. So we probably got some people in that business that weren't in that in that business before. Mm-hmm. I love the whole local aspect of it, mm-hmm. and you know, I know my family. You know, that means a lot to us, and, and the encouragement of of buying local, and you know, let's stay away from you know, the Amazons of this world or whatever. Right. So that's translated to the restaurant industry as well. You know, I, I, it's interesting. I stopped at a, a, a butcher down in, in Bridgetown and he just, you know, he can't keep up. He says, you know, yeah. two years ago he was struggling to survive and now he can't keep up. So I think that's, that's fantastic. I think we've seen, you know, the, the technology and innovation coming into play. Mm-hmm. You know, we have things touchless, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, for the first time ever, you know, and, and the industry has not been a leader in terms of um, um, productivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where our industry has, has lagged. But uh, this is really driving us to be more, you know, use technology and become right. more produ- productive. Mm-hmm. And just innovation in the food products, your menu design, um, you know, a restaurant selling a whole meal kit or doing mm-hmm. groceries or, you know, it's even the alcohol, as you said. There's so many and partnerships that have been formed between a local company and a local right. restaurant to mm-hmm. get their products to, to market. So I just and I don't think there's anything wrong with focusing on safety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, you know, it's when you survey, you know, it's interesting when you look pre-COVID, when we look at uh, consumer surveys, it was always value quality of the meal, you know, those are why people are choosing to go out or what they look for. And safety is one of those things. Right. And so, you know, being more aware of, of, of safety, you know, the, the royal we of safety is, is important. I think also people understanding where the food came from, what's in their food, right. what are they eating. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great trend that we're going to see uh, stick out. And the, I think, uh, 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 and I think sure Paul would agree to this, is just the level of cooperation between the business community and, and government is is really refreshing. We're not seen as you know big bad business. Right. We're seen as you know, we're important to communities. Our jobs are important, and they're recognizing that, which I think is is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a bit about recovery, but how do you see the industry recovering, especially in Atlantic Canada post pandemic? 
Yeah, you know, it, it, as I said, it's going to be a challenge. As mm-hmm. our numbers show, it's, it's, it's going to be 2023 between, before the industry as a whole um, gets back to 2019 sales. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 2021 is, is, is going to be tough. We're, we're going to, you know, we're still, in terms of full-service restaurants, we still predict to be somewhere down in the range of 20%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quick-service restaurants will be down, you know, 7 or 8%. And that's related to restrictions, you know, as you can't, you know, we're operating at a 50% capacity. Mm-hmm. So we're making 48 cents on a $10 sale in normal times when you're at a, a 50% capacity. It's just hard mm-hmm. to, to generate the revenue you need on a, particularly the busier nights on a Friday night right. or a Thursday night or a, or a Saturday night. It's going to take a long time. We're not going to have tourists here. We're not going to have the conventions. We're not going to have the business travelers and, and you know, or we depend a lot on movement of people, and you know, be it you know the businessman, the tourist, the, the trucker, whatever, and uh, we're going to have less of that. So it's it's going to be a longer recovery. But as you know, as I said, people are resilient and innovative, and it fascinates me that every day you see someone starting a restaurant, and mm-hmm. you know, particularly this yeah. year, which you know. Good on them, and, yeah. and you know, I, I'm just, it's so refreshing to see the the optimism and, and uh, entrepreneurial spirit emanating from these people taking a risk. Yeah, there's so. been quite a few that have opened in downtown Halifax over yeah. the pandemic, which is amazing. So you think if you can open and survive in this environment, yeah, gosh, we get back to normal, they'll flourish. So right, exactly. And also, it's kind of interesting. You know, as people have, have, you know, I think people's mindsets have changed in terms of with COVID. I think people have more time to think. And people are working from home, or you know, they won't, their mindset has changed. Is you know, I want to do what I want to do, and you know, a lot of mm-hmm. people have the dream to open a restaurant. So yeah. maybe they decided, hey, I I'm done with this. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't count on this. I want to be in charge of my own destiny and open a restaurant, right. or you know, create this food product, or open my boutique, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. uh, I just think it's unleashing, you know, something you know, with a crisis. Things happen, you know. Change is chain and change is driven. So I think that's all. That's all positive, and and uh, it's it's good for our city. It's good for you know. <laughs> we, Paul and I were in the, probably were in the same meeting yesterday when we were talking about the uh, the um, the marketing strategies for the province and and how you know it's work from here and and mm-hmm. it blew my head off when they said that every county in Nova Scotia had positive population growth last year. Like, mm-hmm. when was the last time that happened? Mm-hmm. And immigration has been such a challenge, but this crisis yeah. has put the world's focus on Nova Scotia as a fantastic place to live. Yeah. So, you know, we were, we were di- demographics were killing us. So if we can reverse this demographic trend, mm-hmm. which, you know, impacts restaurants. And when we look at our sales in, other, in the various provinces, demographics play such an important part of the, of the puzzle. And if we can shift that in, in Nova Scotia and COVID can help us, you know, gain a couple of years, you know, in, in terms of recovery by, by driving people here, that's a good thing for our communities. It's a great thing for our province. And, yeah. and that's what we all want around the table. So we do what we do because we're proud of our city. We're proud of our province and we want to see it succeed. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today, Luke. It was a pleasure to have you on Downtown Lowdown. Oh, it's my pleasure. Anytime. Luke Urjevic is the Vice President, Atlantic Canada of Restaurants Canada. Restaurants Canada represents the food service industry across Canada. 
For more information on Restaurants Canada and COVID-19 resources for food service businesses, visit restaurantscanada.org. And you can keep up to date with the food service industry by following at RestaurantsCA on Twitter and at RestaurantsCanada on Facebook and Instagram. And Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission, was also part of that conversation. While we still have Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission here, we'll talk to him about the recently launched federal low-interest loan. It's called the Highly Affected Sectors Credit Availability Program Guarantee, also known by the acronym HASCAP. So, Paul, can you tell us more about that? Well, today we're going to talk about HASCAP uh, and not the delicious berries. No. um, Or pseudo-delicious, I don't know. I guess I've had them before. They're fine. I don't think I have, but this is not it. <laughs> I'm from Lunenburg County. They're big in Lunenburg County. People love Haskap. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about today, but uh, if you want to you know, get some jam before we uh, talk about this, that's fine too. Uh, but the Haskap in this case stands for the Highly Affected Sectors Credit Availability Program Guarantee. So Haskap Guarantee. Uh, I'm sure there's a whole government department that comes up with these great acronyms. Um, anyway, this is a program that uh, has been talked about for a while, but it was just launched uh, very recently. Uh, and so it is out now, and it's uh, again, it's meant to be kind of a layering program. So um, it's it's open for businesses that maybe have taken advantage of some other programs, uh, but that hasn't dealt uh, enough with their specific circumstances. So this is for businesses that, that really have been dramatically, dramatically impacted um, by COVID-19. And so they've seen their business decrease by at least 50%, so 50% or more. Uh, your business is down, and you've already taken advantage of some of the other programs as well. So you have to have had applied for those. Um, and this is a federal program, and essentially what it is, it's a, it's a loan uh, guarantee program. So it's, it's access to additional credit. Um, that credit amount can be it can be fairly large. It can be anywhere between $25,000 and a $1 million uh, that you can uh, access through uh, the uh, BDC. So essentially, it, it's a low-interest loan program uh, for businesses, uh, but only those businesses that, that, that have experienced at least a 50% loss uh, in revenue. So again, it, it's meant to be layered on top of the other government programs that are already out there, but certainly if, uh, if this sounds like you, uh, we would encourage you to, uh, to look into this program, uh, go to the BDC website and uh, check it out and uh, send in an application. Okay, great. Anything else, Paul? Uh, there's lots of other exciting things happening that we're going to talk about later in the podcast, including a new grant program that Downtown Halifax Business Commission has just launched uh, called the Open Online Grant. Um, and so Alana's uh, going to talk a bit about that uh, later on. Great. Okay. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. We were talking to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He was giving us more detail on HASCAP, or the Highly Affected Sectors Credit Availability Program Guarantee. More information and how to apply can be found on the BDC website at bdc.ca under special supports. We don't have much to report in terms of new COVID-19 related restrictions for businesses since our last episode, but you can always refer to our resource page at downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. We're now going to jump right into BizBuzz. And now for BizBuzz. And it's time for BizBuzz. Lauren Landry, our Marketing and Communications Coordinator, is here with me today along with Ivy. Hi, Ivy and Lauren. Hello. Hi there. Today on BizBuzz, we have some business updates and milestones. I have some updates on what is open in downtown Halifax, Dine Around, and the Lights and Peace and Friendship Park. And we'll talk about Valentine's Day and March break in downtown Halifax and the Open Online Digital Grant Program. So lots to cover today. Let's start with Lauren, who has some business updates and milestones for us. What do you have for us, Lauren? Thanks, Alana. So to start off, there were some anniversaries happening in downtown Halifax over the last couple weeks. And Toho's Tacos and Tequila on Argyle Street celebrated their third anniversary. 
The Maritime Museum of the Atlantic on Lower Water Street celebrated their 39th anniversary, and the 10 Spot on South Street celebrated their third anniversary. Also, downtown Halifax has some new businesses coming soon. Mirror Hotel in Sapporo Italian Street Food will be opening their doors in Queen's Mark. Broth House will be serving rice and ramen dishes by spring on Barrington Street, and Black Sheep Restaurant will be reopening in their new space in the brewery market soon. As always, Downtown Halifax Business Commission will keep you updated on when they're open for business. I also want to include a quick correction from the last podcast. When I was discussing our featured member, Inside Optometry, I accidentally said they had 17 doctors. Well, they actually have seven, so my apologies for the mistake. Thanks, Lauren. So let's talk about what's open in Downtown Halifax. As most of us know by now, restaurants are open again for dine-in service, which is great. It is important to note, however, that dine-in service must end at 10 p.m., and all food and drink establishments must be closed by 11 p.m., but they can still offer takeout, delivery, and drive through service after 11 p.m. Retail stores are also open for in-person service. Many stores now also have online shops and offer pickup and or delivery options. We are still encouraging people to think local first when shopping and to continue to support our downtown retailers when possible. And museums and art galleries are also open. The Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, the Maritime Museum of the Atlantic, the Discovery Centre and Casino Nova Scotia are all open with special hours. And the grounds at the Halifax Citadel National Historic Site are also open. I suggest visiting their respective websites for more information including hours and safety protocols. And just a reminder that the Canadian Museum of Immigration at Pier 21 is closed for renovations until the spring. For more information about what is open in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open. So Dine Around started yesterday, February 1st, and runs until February 28th. For those of you not familiar with Dine Around, it is a special promotion that was started a few years ago by the Restaurant Association of Nova Scotia, also known as RANDS, and Discover Halifax, where restaurants around the city offer special prefix or fixed price menus for the month of February. The price points range from $10 to $50. And this year, restaurants are offering dine-in, takeout, and delivery options, making it easier than ever to participate in Dine Around. Also new this year, hotels are participating in Dine Around, so you can get special hotel rates as part of Dine and Stay, so you can make a night of it. Dine Around is such a great program, and the varying price points help make it more accessible for people to participate. It's also a great way to support local restaurants and cafes who have been struggling so much during this pandemic. For more information on Dine Around 2021, you can visit dinearoundhfx.com. And there are over 30 food establishments and five hotels participating from the downtown Halifax area. Check out all the downtown Halifax businesses taking part in Dine Around at downtownhalifax.ca slash dinearound. Switching gears, let's talk about Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. It's actually less than two weeks away now, so February 14th is going to be here before you know it. We will be showcasing Valentine's Day promotions and packages on our social media until February 14th, and we'll be hosting our Show Your Downtown Love giveaway again on Friday, February 12th on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you're following at Downtown Halifax to keep up to date and to enter our giveaway. And for Valentine's Day this year, we are asking that you show your favorite Downtown Halifax businesses some love. Order takeout from your favorite restaurant, purchase cards or other Valentine's Day gifts from your favorite local stores, Or you can even just give your favorite business a shout out on social media. Again, and I know we mention this a lot, it is so important that we continue to support our local businesses as we continue to navigate this pandemic situation. March break is also sneaking up on us. This year, March break in Nova Scotia is the week of March 15th, and we are teaming up with Discover Halifax, Develop Nova Scotia, Spring Garden Area Business Association, Downtown Dartmouth Business Commission, and more to showcase all the family-friendly activities that you can do in the city for March break since people can't travel this year. 
Starting in late February, we'll be highlighting different March Break ideas and activities, and we'll be hosting special March Break giveaways on Facebook and Instagram. Again, make sure you're following at Downtown Halifax on Facebook and Instagram to keep up to date on what is happening. In the meantime, if you're looking to get a jump on March Break planning, why not book a night or two at a Downtown Halifax hotel? As I mentioned on our last episode of Downtown Lowdown, we stayed at the Prince George for New Year's Eve, and it was such a nice time. We got takeout and swam in the pool. It really did feel like a mini vacation. So stay tuned as we will have more information about what is happening around the city for March break on our next episode of Downtown Lowdown. And if you are a business in downtown Halifax and are offering Valentine's Day and or March break promotions or packages, let us know. Email communications at downtownhalifax.ca and we will help you spread the word. Finally, Downtown Halifax Business Commission recently launched the new Open Online Digital Grant. This grant is available to all Downtown Halifax members to help them either get online or to improve their online presence with grants of up to $2,500, including tax. Grants are being awarded on a first-come, first-served basis until Friday, February 26, or until the funds allotted for the grant are depleted. For more information and to apply, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash openonline. Again, you must be a member of Downtown Halifax and located in the downtown area to apply for this grant. And one more thing to mention that I almost forgot. The lights are staying on in Peace and Friendship Park until the end of March. This includes the tree wraps and the 26-foot tall tree. Peace and Friendship Park is located by the Weston Nova Scotian Hotel at the corners of Hollis, South, and Barrington Streets. Check it out if you haven't already done so. So before we sign off, let's talk about downtown Halifax experiences. Lauren and Ivy, have either of you had any opportunities to get out around downtown Halifax in the last two weeks? Yeah, I uh, actually did some takeout um, and it's been a while since I've been to Fujiyama on Blower Street. Uh, so they are a Japanese restaurant. And uh, it was my son's birthday, his sixth birthday. And mm-hmm. he's obsessed with udon soup. So udon oh. noodles. He loves noodles. Yeah. So we told him that we would do the takeout there. And, uh, yeah, he, we really enjoyed our meal. Mm-hmm. We actually got a sushi platter. So that was a lot of food. That's a lot of food. It was on our uh, picture on our Instagram page, actually. Yeah. And it looked amazing. Yeah, it was, it was delicious. And we actually had leftovers afterwards, too. Yeah. So we had that, and we had um, stir-fry noodles and udon soup and salad and all wow. of that. It was delicious. That sounds amazing. Uh, my daughters, I don't think, would eat that for their birthdays, but I would. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't eat the sushi. He ate the, the okay. noodles. The noodles, yes. Yeah, the, the noodles, noodles are really good. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to try that out. I've been craving sushi since I saw that picture. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I would recommend it. Um, what about you, Lauren? Well, I've been visiting a bunch of different downtown Halifax cafes for National Hot Chocolate Day. I went to The Ville, Cacao 70, Grounded Coffee, The Daily Grind, Cafe Teaki, and Cabin Coffee. They all have amazing hot chocolates, and I showcased all of them on our Instagram. You can check that out on our highlight reel. And February is still a great time to get hot chocolates. So you can check out those or other downtown Halifax cafes to get your hot chocolate fix. I also went to Elle's Bistro with some friends to get some brunch, and we had a great time. I posted a picture of what I got on our Instagram. It was delicious. It was my first time going there, so I was definitely not expecting the absolute massive pancake that they brought out for us. Yeah, I've heard their pancakes are huge. It took all three of us, and we only got about halfway through it, and we really tried to finish it. We <laughs> tried really hard. I think it was like an inch thick or something like yeah, that. It was they're massive. Like, they're like face size. They're like <laughs> bigger. As bigger big as your head. <laughs> it was way bigger than my head, and when I was leaving, the chef actually asked me if we could get through it all, and I said no, and she told me that she had to use an omelet pan to cook it because oh. it was so massive. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've never actually been there for brunch either, but their brunch looks really good. I'll yeah, I've been there for time. lunch before, and mm-hmm. it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have to go for brunch. It was so good. My friends and I are definitely going to make it our new brunch spot. Mm-hmm. Good, good to know. Also, yesterday for lunch, I forgot to bring one, so I went down to Arthur's Urban Market to get one of their pre-made salads. It was my first time in there. It was so beautiful. Everything mm-hmm. looked so good. The produce looked good. They had beautiful tulips right at the mm-hmm. door. Wanted to buy some, but I resisted. And it smelled amazing in there because they make a lot of their bread in store. That's right, yeah. You could yeah. see the bakers making it, and it smelled absolutely amazing. Yeah, we're really right. lucky to have that downtown. I now. know. It's, I think, been a really big bonus. Mm-hmm. And it's open during the pandemic also. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's great for yeah. all the residents that, yeah. are, that live downtown. Yeah. So, yeah. I have to go. Actually, I didn't think about going there for lunch. I'll have to try that sometime. Yeah. Lots of really good organic and natural healthy mm-hmm. foods. So it was good. Instead of getting, like, a slice of pizza, I actually ate a salad and something <laughs> good for <laughs> there me. There you go. There <laughs> you go. I'll yeah, have to try it out sometime. Great groceries and pre, pre-made meals. Mm-hmm. So that's great. So I just have one. I went to Restaurant Amano uh, on the weekend to celebrate a friend's birthday, and there were six of us, and we went, and it was awesome. I love Restaurant Amano. Um, they always have great service. They always have great food. You kind of know what you're getting, um, and I felt, even though it was busy, there was it was busy. They were turning over a lot of tables, um, but we, you know, you had, they had plexiglass between all the tables, and of course, all the servers are wearing masks, so it felt very safe, um, and it just really felt almost kind of like pre-COVID times, mm-hmm. sitting in a restaurant and the buzz and the noise, it was just really fun. Um, I They have this dish, uh, it's a uh, Parmesan eggplant appetizer, and it is so good. That sounds so good. I don't yeah, even like eggplant, but it is so good. I honestly would lick the plate um, <laughs> if there were other people around watching. <laughs> if you put Parmesan on anything, it becomes ten times better. <laughs> and I also, they also had this... Um, Mushroom risotto, which is their special, and it was so good also. Anyways, we spent way too much money, but it was just so fun to go out and have some friends out. And Anyways, it was a really good night. And it was the first time I used the new contact tracing app. Oh, how so was it? It was so easy. So um, it's, a, it's by Simply Cast, and the Restaurant Association of Nova Scotia, also known as RANS, again, we've talked about them already, and the province of Nova Scotia have been working on this new app, and it really makes it easy for dining restaurants and licensed establishments to collect your, your information for contact tracing. And all you do is you text the name of the restaurant you're in to a number that they have on the door. So when we walked into Amano, they were like, okay, text, your, text, this, t- text Amano to this number, and you get a, a text back saying, thank you for registering, um, and that was it. You're done. It's so That's easy, great. and yeah. you don't have to you know, write your name and, and number down on a, in a you know, book or whatever this time. So um, it is a great, I think it's a great app. And, um, and it's great because the restaurants don't have to collect that information. Exactly. It's not on them. It goes yeah. directly to health, public health. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So yeah. And, it, and it has the date, everything in there, mm-hmm. and it would be accurate since it's coming through from your phone. Mm-hmm. They'd be able to trace the date and time and stuff that you were there. So I thought it was great. If you're interested in learning more about the, the um, this new Simply Cast contact tracing app, visit rans.ca slash contact tracing. So that was my experience on yeah. Saturday night. That's and great. we should mention that it's free. Yes, it yeah. is free. Yeah. For restaurants to use and for the user, the you know, I the think, customers. Yes, good point. I think it's going to take a lot of burden off both restaurants and customers. Yes, yeah, to keep track of what they're doing. So, so that's it for BizBuzz this week, guys. Thanks for uh, joining me. Thank you. Thanks. This concludes Downtown Lowdown, episode 41, recorded on January 28, 2021. For more information, go to downtownhalifax.ca slash podcast. Please rate and subscribe to Downtown Lowdown, and don't forget to follow at Downtown Halifax on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.